Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we are at the end of Matthew 8, okay, Matthew chapter 8, where we've just seen the account of what we affectionately refer to as the Gadarene demoniac. But in Matthew, we saw something that there were actually two men, okay, two men that were demon possessed. Now, two of the other Gospels also give an account of this. Mark gives an account of it, and Luke gives an account of it. In both those accounts, uh, they mention one man. They're focusing on one man, in other words. It doesn't mean there weren't two. They're just focusing on one of them, okay? They're telling the story of this one. So I want us to go to Mark today, Mark chapter 5, and it's the first 20 verses of the chapter, so it's a rather long, detailed account. And when you look at these things, when you look at Matthew, when you look at Mark, when you look at Luke, we find ourselves getting uh, uh, more and more information from each one to where we have the entire account that the Lord desires for us to have. So here's Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. So we see this man comes to him immediately with an unclean spirit. Matthew calls it from the get-go, uh, a demon-possessed, okay, an unclean spirit. Verse 3, and he had his dwellings among the tombs. So this guy lives among the tombs. No one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Now, what we're going to do is, if you pay attention here, you learn some things about what happens uh, with unclean spirits, with demon possessions. They can bring what we call superhuman strength. This man could not be bound. They'd bind him with a chain, he'd break it. They'd do it with shackles, he'd break it. This man lived literally in the midst of death itself in the tombs, we saw, I think, in Matthew, I can't remember if it's in Matthew or it's going to be in Luke, because I've read all these, all three versions, that he uh, walks about with no clothes on. Okay? He hadn't been clothed in years. And so we see some things that no one was strong enough to subdue him. Verse 5, constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. Ah, what do we learn about this guy? Well, first of all, he's screaming among the tombs. He's screaming in the mountains. Now, here's the thing you must, must, must keep in the forefront of your mind. This human being was made in the image of God. This human being was fearfully and wonderfully woven within the womb, as the Psalms tell us. This human being is loved by the Most High God. When we hear things about screaming in the tombs and in the mountains, we want to fault the individual themselves exclusively. And, and we forget that this is the creation of the Most High God, who the Lord loves in the same way that He loves us. As a matter of fact, when we get to the end of this chapter, which I suspect we may not <laughs> today, you find out that Jesus actually says this. He says, go home and tell of the mercy that the Lord released upon you. 
the mercy of the Lord. So you see this human being that the Lord loves screaming among the tombs and in the mountains. Now, is it his voice screaming? Absolutely. Is it him as the human being himself screaming? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. It's probably the demon screaming through his voice. And something else in verse 5, gashing himself, himself with stones. He's a cutter. Y'all know what a cutter is? It's highly prevalent within our society. Individuals that cut themselves without ceasing, just cut and slice. I remember I was in college the first time I encountered somebody like that, and he just sort of, I mean, I was dumbfounded. I was literally going to lunch with uh, my mentor in the ministry, as they say. Me and my roommate were going to eat lunch with him. We're leaving a church office, and uh, he says, hey, we got a call in the church, and this guy wants somebody to come out and pray for him, so let's swing by this hotel. We swing by this, let's just say it was not a high-quality place. And when we walked in there, I thought, what in the world is that? And I shared this with a group yesterday. Uh, I grew up on a farm, so uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with all sorts of various aromas of organic life. I'd never smelled anything like this. I had no idea what it was. It was quite a while later uh, before somebody told me, well, that's what someone who is, uh, has been an alcoholic for decades, that's what they smell like. That's what this is. And so this guy, uh, there wasn't an inch on his body that didn't have cuts all over it. Okay, You know, we prayed for him. I knew nothing about the things that we're reading right now, about the things we're talking about. I knew nothing about spiritual warfare. I knew nothing about the fact that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I knew nothing about the fact that we are empowered and that we are vessels of the very presence of the Most High God, and we can set the captive free of these type of things. Uh, God knows that. Uh, and actually, in Acts, he makes mention that kind of thing, that he winked at our times of ignorance. Ignorant just means you're unlearned about something. And I hope and pray that the Lord, uh, uh, that that man turned to him because we prayed for him, spoke to him, hung out just a little bit and left. That's the last I saw. Okay. So anyway, here's this man screaming in the tomb, screaming in the mountains, gnashing himself, gashing himself, not gnashing, gashing himself with tongues. Verse 6, this man, seeing Jesus from a distance, ran up and bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, I would shout, but it would be too irritating. But this guy's shouting this. What business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. Well, was Jesus tormenting? It just says right here that he was just getting out of the boat. Well, we've already seen the whole story in Matthew. We saw little points of this in Matthew already. Verse 8 gives us understanding. For Jesus had been saying to him, Come out of the man, <clears throat> you unclean spirit. There's some really very encouraging things right here <laughs> that are going on. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> whatever demon, whatever voice is speaking, demands to know of Jesus what business they have of each other. We saw in Matthew that they wanted to know why was Jesus there because their time had not yet come. See, they know their time's coming. And then he calls him who Jesus is. Jesus, the son of the most high God. He declares him to be son of the most high God. He does it, I highly suspect, in a snarky, smarmy way. 
What business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of the most high God? He's asking his question, but he's declaring the truth in the question because he can't back away from the truth, and he knows it's the truth. This demonic power does. Then he says, I implore you by God, do not torment. So he's imploring Jesus, okay? He's, uh, it's, it really makes swear to Jesus by the power of the Most High God who he rejected, do not torment me. Well, how was Jesus tormenting? When Jesus says, come out of him, man, of the man, you unclean spirit, they didn't want to come out. Now, what I find sort of encouraging is Jesus had been saying to this to them, and they had yet to come out, all of them. A lot of times in these, when you hear people talk about this kind of stuff, particularly when they haven't studied or and or experienced such, they'll say, well, Jesus just spoke the word and that was it. And so all we have to do is just say it one time. You say, in the name of Jesus, be gone, that's it. Jesus himself had to go through a process here. He continually had to do some things. That, that, that actually even happens in healing, but we'll talk about that more later. But the demons were being tormented because they were being told to leave this man, and they didn't want to leave, and they're putting up a fight, and they're mouthing off at Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, my time is done. We will pick this up in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you. I'll see you then. Goodbye.